When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code POD to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Joe and Nick with you. Nick, how do you feel about this episode today? Honestly. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot, of, a lot of topics we're talking about today that I think apply to the greater game of golf. It's not necess- This is an episode you could go back and listen to, I think, in three or four years. And you'll be like, yeah, I can't remember when that was going on. And I think it's, it's going to be a good one. Okay, so save this one for the grandkids. You're going to be bouncing them on your knee. You can tell them about episode 49 of At The Turn. Um, we're going to get to the best golf movie ever made. That's how we're going to end the show. So stay tuned for that. Um, Nick has an interesting perspective on it and should be fun. Uh, Nick has a game for me where he's going to ask me about the rules of golf, and uh, we'll see how I do. Um, driver testing we're going to be discussing, apparently. That's that's Nick's baby, so I'm going to let him take care <laughs> of that. But uh, let's do a couple of quick hits of some news that we uh, don't want to overlook. Two items. You know, the, 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 the importance of them, who knows, but I found them interesting. Let's start with uh, this... South Korean golfer, Kim. Uh, I think it's uh, Bio Kim, Bo Kim. Do you know how it's pronounced? Um, perhaps B.O. Kim. B.O. Kim. Okay, so we have no Between, idea. We've covered, we've covered the spectrum, though. We definitely got it somewhere in there. Mr. Kim uh, this, is the yeah. – he's, he's the top golfer on the uh, Korean PGA Tour. Um, he's ranked 302nd in the world. And in a tournament recently, a camera caught him while he was in the lead – down the stretch, uh, he flipped off a fan. A cell phone went off during his downswing. There's, I'm looking at a great gif of it right now. He just like, you know, totally unwinds his arms. He's disgusted, turns around, and just fires the bird off. Like, what are you doing, bro? Now, if Bubba Watson did that, if Patrick Reed did that, I'd lose my mind for 10 minutes. So I don't want to spare this guy that sort of treatment. It's a bad thing to do. He shouldn't have done it. There should be a fine, you know, maybe maybe a suspension for a tournament. Nick, he was banned for three years. <laughs> he can't play on the Korean tour for three years because of this. That's insane. It's I incredible. Mean, dude, I'm going to stick with my long-standing tradition, and I'm going to stand up for this guy. Do it. How, w- how would you like it if somebody went into your job, they go into your office, they get all up in your business, they – adversely affect your performance at your job he hit his drive 100 yards 
on that shot. And he was leading like the 16th hole in the last round. Hits it 100 yards because someone's just snapping photos in his downswing. And now he's banned for three years. He went hey, on to I win the to, tournament. He, he, he did go on the tournament. I have to pause you right there because people walk into my office and adversely affect my performance literally every single day. Right. And, and can you imagine being punished for that? For flipping them off? <laughs> uh, no, for, it's, it's, such, it's such a punishment does not fit the crime situation. Like, even if you were to take the most extreme stance on making an obscene gesture toward a crowd while a professional athlete is performing, like, okay, perfect example. Imagine Draymond Green at a Warriors game, and he's on a bench, and someone calls him something terrible, and he turns around and flips them off. I think the NBA is going to suspend him for longer than a game, let alone three full NBA seasons. It's it's an insane punishment. I don't. Yeah, in 2022. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So this guy's 29. Um, it was a unanimous vote of the members of the Korean PGA Tour, and they said in a statement, "quote He damaged the dignity of a golfer with etiquette violation and inappropriate behavior." We all agree. Sure. Not the right thing to not, do. Look, um, not a good look. We get it. Yeah. So there were images of him kneeling in contrition. He wrote an apology note. He was fined twelve thousand American dollars. Um, I, I just, I just, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point, but I just can't wrap my head around. And obviously, I'm sure cultures come into play here, right? Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know if flipping the bird is three years bad in Korea as opposed to like one game bad here in the United States. But obviously it was severe enough to do this. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. My first thought was like, man, what if they ban people for three years from the mass pike for flipping people off? My commute to work would be effortless. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a small, it's, it's a mundane thing that happens in the walk of life. Every day in every country, it's universal. A three-year ban, Joe. I don't know. We're on. We're on the same page for this for the first time in a while. This is. I, I, I'm not saying it's right, but give me a break. It's it's, it's dumb. Speaking of things that uh, I think are kind of dumb, the 2020 Players Championship um, is going to be revolutionary, according to the PGA Tour. Nick, do you know why? I do know why, and I Tell me. know. Oh boy. Um, Every shot from every player will be available to watch live. So you have to have some sort of a streaming service or the PGA Tour live subscription or part of Amazon Prime. So it's not like they're going to show every single shot live on the Golf Channel or whatever network is broadcasting it. You need to have one of these ancillary services in order to do it. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. That was my yeah. understanding. Of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, you'd be there all day. Just for the first round, if if uh, you know if they're showing every single player, right? But um, you know what this this makes me think, Joe. The first thing I thought of is it's it's catering to the new world that we're going to be living in in a few years from now, where sports betting is legal all over the country, because that's the only reason why you would want or need this. That's a great point because I was thinking. I mean, this is nice to say that you have the ability to do this, but do I really need to see Stuart Sink's front nine of the Players' Championship hole by hole? Like, I don't care that much. But And I actually hadn't thought about it until you just said it. You make a really good point. 
you're going to have the opportunity to have all these live betting situations to say, you know, will Stuart Sink make this six foot putt for double bogey? You know, is Patrick Reed going to hit the 17th green at Sawgrass? You can have all these sorts of things. And it's interesting you bring that up. I don't know what they're doing in Massachusetts currently, but we're about a week or two away from an app with the Oregon lottery. And you're going to be able to bet on NFL, NBA, presumably yeah. there'll be live sports. Um, are, are you in on that? There's a there's a place in Oregon now where you can go. There's like one bookie that's open. Are you are you you got some money on the table? What's going on? No, man. I mean, so okay. Let me ask you this because I don't think you would would know the answer unless you're following Oregon news way too closely. You're well, gonna have an app. What states it's it's legal in? Last night when I was prepping for this podcast. Okay, so Oregon specifically, there an article came out this week alerting people of how much money you can actually put in this app at one time to bet. Could you venture a guess what it's going to be? Um, I bet it's somewhere in the neighborhood of five to $10,000. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. No more than a quarter million. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> you can catch you up there. But they also said in the same breath, even though you can put a quarter million in, there's also some settings where the app will warn you that you're gambling too much. It's like <laughs> it should warn you when you're going to deposit a quarter million dollars that you're gambling oh too much. God. So it's 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 already kind of a slippery slope out here. So I'm curious. You said you looked up how many states you can actually do this in or something is at least in the works. How 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 close are we to getting this across the country? Um. I'd say about so like I looked at a map that was like states where it's legal, states where they project it to be legal in the next 12 to 24 months and states where it's further off in the distance or may not, you know, it's not not imminent. I'd say about half of them are either currently legal or probably going to be legal in the next year to two. And then the other half are are, you know, it's not on the radar. But the thing is, you get states like out here in the northeast, the states are so small, you get one state like, let's say, Massachusetts. Even if they don't want to make it legal, if it's legal in Rhode Island and Connecticut and New Hampshire, Vermont, you're surrounded by it. They almost have no choice. And that's kind of the same thing that's going on with marijuana is like, hey, if we don't make it legal, you know, we're fighting an uphill battle. So they just kind of do what the neighbors are doing. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think in four or five years, it's probably going to be 80 percent. Yeah, they're talking about already um, giving people the opportunity to gamble inside the Blazers Arena, the Moda Center. You can actually place bets like on the game or other NBA games while you're at that NBA game. And it's just, it's so interesting how in like a 10 to 15 year span, we're going to go from recreational marijuana being legal and sports gambling being legal at the same time. Now, look, you have your political opinions, whatever the case may be about how good or bad those are going to be, but it's an actual reality that we don't have to deal with. You think this, getting back to the players conversation, you think that that is the primary driving force behind this it's it's the only it's got to be the only reason i mean there's there's no other way they need that um it's a good it's a good way to test it out and, and see what the response is like and how it impacts gambling i'm sure they'll collect a ton of data that week and they'll see you know how much it costs to put this on how much because now you know these these gambling sites like DraftKings and, and whatever whoever authorizes gambling they're supporting these sports, you know, broadcasts. So it's all going to be intertwined before you know it. So it's definitely, I mean, just looking at it from the outside, it's got to be a, a test, you know, and they're going to look out and collect, collect data. And I think this will be the norm, you know, okay, you put 
you put money on Joaquin Neiman and the, you know, John Deere classic, and now you can watch every shot, you know, and, and that's just, I think that's going to be the way it is. Uh, speaking of your boy, I've seen him be uh, called for uh, a captain's pick for the international team on the, uh, the President's Cup. Yeah, how, how, oh. how excited would you be if he was actually on the President's Cup? Um, I wouldn't really move the needle for me. You know what? That's your guy. Uh, I know. I like him, but he'd be playing against the Americans, which, oh. which I would not root for. Joe, I was going to mention this as we got off the air, but now that you mentioned it, and I don't want to forget, um, the Solheim Cup. Mm. So there was Susan Pedersen. I don't know if you saw, but for our listeners out there, obviously she made the winning putt for the European team. She put out a really awesome letter to her son, basically, you know, detailing her retirement and what she's been through the last couple of years. And uh, it's for the listeners out there, for you, it, it's definitely worth a read. Um, kind of pulls back the curtain on what she's been through the last couple of years and uh, makes you makes you happy she stopped that putt, even though it uh, downed the Americans. So uh, check that one out. Can we, uh, is, it, is it on Twitter? Can we, can we put it out on Twitter for the people to, to see there if they want to check it out? For sure. Okay, beautiful. So that's the golf news. Um, Nick, you, uh, you want to talk about uh, testing, testing drivers? Yeah, so this is a couple weeks old, but um, driver testing at the Safeway Open Show, they, so we'll, we'll back it up a little bit. Um, I believe it was the British Open. They did some driver testing, and Xander Schauffele, among other players, had their clubs fail, and it became public, and people were kind of a little bit in an uproar about that. Um, so now the PGA Tour is implementing driver testing now that we started a new season. You might not know that. Um, <laughs> I'm saying just the fans might not know that a new season is upon us. No, of but, course. I, I'd kind of forgotten myself. Thanks. For I know the it's, 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 it's crazy. Um, so they tested five drivers at the Safeway open and at least five of them, I'm sorry, they tested 30 and at least five failed. So that's kind of an alarming percentage, I would think. And the players are saying they didn't know their driver would fail. The companies are saying the club is legal when they put it together, but over the course of time, it becomes illegal because the more you hit the sweet spot, the more it becomes illegal. I don't know the science behind it, but apparently that's what they're saying, which also must kill them to say because then players aren't going to want to buy new drivers every year. Anyways, that's besides the point. But it brings up a lot of questions. Who should be accountable? What should the penalty be? Is it a problem? How much extra yardage are they gaining? I don't know. Um, I don't have answers to all of those questions, but... Certainly a couple of opinions. What do you think? Do we know who the five that failed were? We do. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but they put the names out there. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, random guys. Yeah. It wasn't Phil Mickelson. No. So, okay. We don't have to worry about that. Um, I guess to your first question, who should be accountable? Um, uh, everybody. Because guess what? You can – the amount of data – that your average driving range pro has now compared to like 10 years ago is astronomical. I find it really hard to believe that these guys who, you know, can hit a four iron to 212 yards precisely are, are just so confused at the fact that their driver all of a sudden is going farther and club manufacturers. Well, if you know, over time, the trampoline effect increases, da, 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 bullshit. They know exactly how far these clubs go. They know the exact specifications on them all the time. I think it's completely silly to say that they don't know that these clubs are legal or illegal. I think they certainly know. All that being said, so what? So what? 
Like, unless it is something that is so drastically different that a player is gaining like 30 yards off of the tee. Right. They can't be gaining that much. I put it out there on Twitter. None of the fans uh, must have been watching that day because nobody responded with an intelligent answer as far as (laughs) how much yardage are they gaining? You know what I mean? If you're, if you're outside this allotment, are you, is it one yard? Is it five yards? Is it a foot? I can't imagine it's much more than a yard, but, but if you don't regulate it at all, then how far is it going to go? You know what I mean? There's a reason they're regulating it. There's a reason they drew a line somewhere. So if you're going to have the rule, you might as well enforce it. Ultimately, I believe the players who say they don't know and that they're just handed a club and they just play their club. I get that. But times are changing and it should be the player's accountability to play with a legal set of clubs. And if that means that they need to go get their driver tested once a month before they go to an event, then so be it. That's part of the job. This is your job. This is what you get paid to do. You should make sure you're within the rules. You shouldn't just have it illegal and say, well, it's somebody else's fault. I didn't know. So do you understand the intricacies of what they're actually testing or how involved the test is? Because I guess very surface level. If it's very surface level, then I don't understand why you're having this sort of middle ground between, oh, we're kind of testing. We're doing a random sampling. Just take every single driver, run it through the test. If it's illegal, snap it in half and say, get a new stick. I don't understand why we're doing this thing of like testing them after the fact. We're doing a random sampling. It's like shrouded in secrecy. What is what is the purpose behind that? Right. Well, that's the thing. If you test 30 drivers, five of them fail. You say, okay, you can't, you five guys can't play with this club, but extrapolate that through 150 player tournament. That means there's 120 guys who probably, what? 25 of them, their drivers would fail and they're playing with illegal drivers and these other guys are now playing with a new club. So I agree. Test everybody. I would say two-stroke penalty. Your driver failed, you start the tournament two over par. Two-stroke penalty in the first hole, that's the penalty for failing your driver test. That might get people's attention. Wow. So you want to penalize them strokes. I do. I mean, what else are you going to do? Right now, the only penalty is you can't play with that driver. So you show up with a driver that's you that in your mind, you know for a fact might be illegal because you've been playing with it for a year and it's flying. Great. I'm going to I'm just going to claim ignorance. Fine. No problem. You show up. If you don't get tested. Great. That club's in your bag. If you do worst case scenario, all you have to do is is go back to your truck 40 feet away and have them build you a new one exactly to your specs. That's that's my thing, too. The idea that. um you know, there'd be some sort of issue if a driver wasn't allowed to be used. Like, come on. All these club manufacturers go to all these events. Anything they're getting off the rack is is going to be better than anything an amateur is using. And these are being built to spec. And they got guys in there that could probably whip one up in like 10 minutes for them. Like, oh, no I, just, I just find this hard to believe that it's actually a problem. There's um, no deterrent to no. playing an illegal driver. None. No, Other but... Maybe having your name in a list of players who's who showed up to terms with, with illegal drivers. I just want to see the research that shows the actual advantage gained by having an illegal driver. Like, you know okay, what? let's say... I bet if we got, like, a club fitter on, we, right. we could get that information. Like, if What if Brooks it's 10 can... yards? There's no way it's 10 yards. I, I, it's got to be, like, less than two yards. It's got to be a minuscule difference, which is, yeah. like, I, which is why I don't understand why they just don't test them all and, and get rid of the ones that don't, that don't fit... 
the legal specifications, use the ones that are legal and, and, and call it a day. Just they're, they're in this weird middle ground that I don't I, I don't understand their their incentive well, for staying down this path specifically. Right. But it's it's a start because they this is the first time they've been testing drivers and they were probably alarmed to, to find that five out of 30 failed. They're probably like, oh, you know, what do we do with this now? But that's fine. And I think if they can take this information and shape it into a, a rule that makes sense, that's great. I'm not if they just keep doing what they're doing now for the next 20 years, then that that would be that would be insane. But now they're they're figuring out, OK, this might be an issue, something we need to enforce. And if they go ahead and figure out the best way to enforce it within the next year, then that's great. But they just can't keep you know, not really punishing it and encouraging guys like, hey, show up with a, with an illegal driver. What's the worst that could happen? Keep your drivers legal, everybody. Um, Nick, you got a you got a little game for me today? Yeah, Joe. Um, it's 2019 golf season. It's coming to an end. We played by a new set of rules this year. Oh. And um, oh no. I want to I want to test you on the rules a little bit. Okay. So the USGA has uh, you can go on their website and and basically take a rules quiz. And so I took a beginner rules quiz, 10 questions. Um, I personally got eight out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I was, I, I thought I was going to be like four or five, Impressive. but I was, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I pulled three questions and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you these three questions and we'll see how you do. Now, did you get these three questions correct? I got all three of them correct. Yes. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Here we go. No, no pressure, Joe. All right. Let's see if I can uh, get these. All right. Question number one. A player marks his or her ball and lifts it. Then he or she accidentally drops it, striking and moving his or her opponent's ball at rest and in play on the putting green. What is the ruling? A, the player gets a penalty stroke and both balls are replaced. B, the player is not penalized and both balls are replaced. Or C, the player is not penalized, the opponent may replace his or her ball or play it as it lies. Well, so we, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to eliminate A because the idea that you drop a ball accidentally to hit someone's ball accidentally is a, is a stroke. I think that would go against the whole, we're trying to make golf simpler and less stupid. So I'm going to eliminate A. Um, I'm going to say, I want to say B, but I'm going to say C. So you're saying that the player whose ball got moved can either choose to play it from its new spot or replace it. Yeah. Well, that's incorrect. Oh! Uh, your, your, your logic was good. No penalty. No penalty. Okay. Both balls must be replaced. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, uh, honestly, B would have, B was my instinct, but I went with C because yeah. it seemed like so specific that I was like, well, maybe they changed it for some reason. Okay, over one. Yeah, that's no big deal. Still got a chance. All right. Which of the following is not ground under repair? A, a hole on a double green being used for play of another hole. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a double okay. green. Yeah, it's a, it's a shared There's two green. holes cut in the green, right? Okay. B, an aeration hole made by the maintenance staff. Or C, a hole left by a removed stake that defines the edge of a penalty area. <laughs> <laughs> well done, USGA. The answer's got to be A. That cannot be ground under repair. So you're saying if there are double green... There's two holes. If your ball lands in the wrong hole. Wait a minute. That can't be right either. 
Because if your ball goes in the wrong hole, you got to take it out. You can't leave it in there. <laughs> okay, so that's ground under repair. B is an aeration. And C is a steak. C is a steak that was removed and the hole that was left from the steak. Like the in. Right. Um, I'm going to say B. The. Uh, the air. The, Correct. What, that it was B? Yeah. So oh. aeration holes are not ground under repair. You may be used to pristine green conditions, but you are not entitled to perfect greens. Is that what it says? No, that's just that's just true. Okay. <laughs> that's not what it says, but no. Yeah, aeration holes are uh, are not um, not ground under repair. All right, one for two, Joe. Here we go. Last one. <laughs> In the general area, a ball lifted to determine if it is cut or cracked may be cleaned. True or false? So I've picked up my ball to inspect to see if it is damaged. And this is asking me if I am legally allowed to clean my ball in this scenario. Correct. I'm going to say you are not allowed to clean your golf ball in that scenario. Correct. That is false. Joe, two for three. So under the new rules, you are allowed, I think, in every situation except for two, when you have ball in hand, you're allowed to clean it. And that is one of the two or three or four, I could be wrong on that, that you're not allowed to clean the ball. So good job. Two for three. It's pretty good. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, Yeah, I I like it. Rules. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's interesting because it's hard to have a general set of rules when there's very extremely specific situations that happen. So it's good to uh, have a little rules education. It is, and it's it's good I thought about that second question again. If I would have stuck with your ball going in the wrong hole, <laughs> <laughs> you got to pull it out somehow. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm going to like, pitch it out of there. Just, so, just Nick, I uh, Happy Gilmore was on the other day, and I was just watching it. It was the climactic scene, and I was kind of thinking to myself, is Happy Gilmore, like, one of the better golf movies? So I Googled golf movies. And I was sort of surprised how thin the herd is of golf movies. There's only a couple, really, that are good. So I put it out on Twitter. What is the best golf movie? Decided to go with the top three of Caddyshack, Happy Gilmore, and Tin Cup. Now, can we just start there? Would you agree with that top three, or would you put any others in there? Uh, I would put The Greatest Game Ever Played in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. And so I, I, I put a Twitter poll out there, and someone actually uh, replied with that, that the greatest game ever played um, should be in that conversation, which I agree. It's really good. It's the one about Francis we met, uh, played by Shia LaBeouf. I think like 2005 is when it came out. And uh, Francis we met was the amateur caddy who won the U.S. Open, I think in like 1919, um, pre-World War One. Very good movie if you haven't seen it. Um, the other one that this Twitter gentleman put out there was Legend of Bagger Vance, which I have no time for that movie. Matt Damon's swing is such a like terrible, terrible golf swing that it just takes me out of the movie. To think that clown could beat Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen with that hacky swing, I can't <laughs> buy it. So I'm that. What do you think of Bagger Vance? I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, well, you're not missing much. So I would. Yeah, I, would I just... mean, I should check it out though. Yeah. What's the one? I'm missing one too. I'm missing one. Uh, what's the the old Tom Morris, the young Tom Morris one. There's a movie about the Tom Morrises. Yeah. Like a famous one. I don't know. 
it's probably on like Amazon Prime. I mean, I don't know if it's famous or not, but okay. No, I don't know that one. Um, yeah. And no one, no one on Twitter uh, came in <laughs> with that. So, um, I was, I was actually surprised at the results of this. Um, going in, I thought Caddyshack would like win overwhelmingly because I think For just sure. generally, it's just considered the best golf movie. It kind of just a classic comedy movie in general. Um, so we got. 144 votes out there. Happy Gilmore kind of overwhelmingly won. 53% is what it finished with. Joe, but this this is a representation of your friends more so than the quality of these movies. Don't See, you think? I, I understand what you're saying, that it is a factor, like the age. And, you know, Happy Gilmore was big. So we're both in our mid-30s, and Happy Gilmore was big when, you know, we were... We were in junior high. It was... Freaking awesome. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, but I think that Happy Gilmore, like, held up really well. Like, I, I watched it just the other day, and, like, Shooter McGavin is, <laughs> I mean, maybe the best sports villain ever. It's an amazing character. He has so many great quotes in that movie. I mean, you can just pick any of them. Like, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Like, I say that to people all the time. It's a great line. <laughs> Yeah, is that um, what you say when they come and disrupt you at your job? <laughs> <laughs> I should. Instead of flipping them off. But, like, a lot of his reactions and just the way he is, he's, like, a perfect evil golfer in that movie. Um, but what I would say about Caddyshack, it kind of has the same premise where you have, like, the dirtbags versus, like, the really rich elite country club people. And I'm going to say I, I, I think Caddyshack is a better movie, um, even though I probably watch Happy Gilmore more. Because there's so many characters in Caddyshack. Like, Bill Murray has nothing to do with what's going on in the movie, actually. Like, he has no influence over anything until the final scene where everything explodes and the ball goes into the hole and they end up winning. But, you know, you got uh, Danny Noonan, Chevy Chase, the judge, all the weirdos at the Caddyshack, like the meathead Italian guy, like all this, like, um, what the hell is the grandkid's name? Spalding. You know, that kid's a weirdo. Yeah. Um, just so there, there's, there's such a depth of characters where in Happy Gilmore, you basically have three or four people in that movie who are the funny people in that movie. Caddyshack, you have like 10 people deep. Um, so I would, I would advocate for Caddyshack. I, what is, what is your opinion on that? I, I did vote for Caddyshack as well. A good list. I think really though, when you put it out, it made me think like, there's not a lot of golf movies. There's not. There's, like, I know. What is, what is wrong with Hollywood? Well, I think part of it probably has to do with they got it right the first time with Caddyshack and also like Happy Gilmore. I think it may be underrated, honestly. Like, I think yeah, it I mean, it's of, a great movie. No, it's it's a great movie. It's it's a good list. Tin Cup, good as well. I, I have no problem with any of those. But like, what do we get once a decade? We get, we get a golf movie? Yeah, I mean, you had... You know they've they've tried to make some Bobby Jones movies, which have been pretty terrible. Dude, Look, a, a couple like maybe I don't know six months ago, I watched some some golf movie on Netflix. It was like clearly like a Netflix original or whatever. Maybe it was Amazon, but it was super low budget. Where like this amateur golfer and his like girlfriend is his caddy, and he so these like big weight big betting guys like they have their their golfers go play high stakes matches, and the kid like tries to take it. It's it was worth a watch, but I mean, like, we, we just don't get any good golf movies. We don't. And 
I will say that the actual like golf scenes in Caddyshack are just kind of whatever. I mean, I'm sure that was a very low budget movie and it was like in the 80s and everyone's on coke the whole time. So probably to set it up like intricate golf shots was tough. That's the thing that's really <laughs> underrated. The golf scenes in Happy Gilmore are actually really good. And even though it's, you know, ridiculous that someone could hit the ball that far with old wooden clubs, like Adam Sandler has a good cut at it. Shooter McGavin has a decent enough swing where you can believe he's a tour pro. But the best movie golf swing ever, and I feel like this gets overlooked constantly, Danny Noonan from Caddyshack has an absolutely beautiful golf swing. <laughs> the next time, I'm telling you, folks, the next time you watch Caddyshack, pay very close attention to Danny Noonan's golf swing. It is a thing of beauty. Truly, it is gorgeous. I'll check it out. I've, I've never, you know what? I've never watched a golf movie and, and critiqued the swing. Oh, really? Never. That's primarily what I'm doing when I watch golf. <laughs> oh, he's way over the top. There's no way this guy's a scratch golfer. Like Will Smith, Will Smith hits like, I think one golf shot in Bagger Vance and his swing is amazing. And you're like, well, why isn't Will Smith trying to beat Bobby Jones right now? Yeah. <laughs> he's good at everything. He is good at everything. But so the, the results of the poll, Happy Gilmore 53, Caddyshack 33, Tin Cup with 12. Good for Tin Cup. I think Tin Cup is a solid movie. It is. Look. The John your mileage documentary on 30 for 30, you know, also good. Oh, I've not seen that, actually. I'm sure that's good. Dude, yeah. I get with it. I got to get on that. Um, but, you know, Kevin Costner in sports movies is good. Don Johnson as the bad guy in Tin Cup is fantastic. He's just a great, like, evil character in that movie as well. Um, and then 2% said other. That must have been someone else voting for the John Daly 30 for 30 documentary. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, Nick, I think your takeaway is correct. Like, it's Caddyshack, it's Happy Gilmore, and then it's like, why don't we yeah, have any get, more golf movies? Well, that's why I say it's about how old you are, because if you were, you know, in your 20s in the 80s, then you're going to say Caddyshack. And if you were in your teens or 20s in the 90s, then you're going to say Happy Gilmore. And we really haven't had a contender since. I mean, Tin Cup was good, but I believe that was in the 90s as well. And it's going to be overshadowed by, by Happy Gilmore. Yeah, t actually, Tin Cup and Happy Gilmore came out the same year, which is kind of <laughs> What? Yeah. How unfortunate. Like, we get I, one every 20 years, and they, they can't happen in the same year. I know, right? I think that probably for, you know, like the youth out there, I'd imagine Happy Gilmore is probably the one that they're drawn to. Just because it is <laughs> the jump between what a movie looked like in 1980 and 1996 is a lot less of a jump than 96 to 20. What would that be? 2011. Like the it, Caddyshack looks like it was made about 75 years ago when you watch it. And Happy <laughs> Gilmore looks like it could have been made aside from the weird patterns on the shirts. It could have been made like last year. <laughs> so I gotta go back and watch these this winter. Yeah, no, I, I will watch every golf movie I can find. Yeah. Hey. If you have a good golf movie that we are completely overlooking, please let us know on Twitter. We are at at the turn pod. Um, Nicholas, that's all I have on the list. And I think I think we're making pizza tonight in the uh, the Simon <laughs> Tamarin household. Yeah, we, we got fresh dough from down the street. We're very oh excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so Portland, Joe. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see the twinge of jealousy. Anything pizza related, I know you're very excited about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually tried to have pizza on Friday, and then like the, the Domino's is closed for remodeling, and then the other pizza joint was like so busy they couldn't answer the phone. And so uh, we got Panera instead, which was solid, but I'm still craving that pizza. So, no, good for you. I'm, I am jealous. Don't you yeah, have so like a. Well, wait, wait a minute, buddy. You're in, you're, you're in Massachusetts. Don't you have like uh, 
like a fun little hole wall place, like like an Italian place that makes you like a nice a nice floppy pizza. Uh, there's a place down the street, but uh, only one of the residents of my household enjoys it, and uh, <laughs> the other one does not. So, uh, well, sure, I'm not allowed well, to go there. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, you want to uh, you want to wrap it up. Hey, when's when's the uh, the skins game and the Zozo and all that? It's coming up soon, right? Oh, yeah, it's got to be actually. <laughs> how do we how do we miss that <laughs> well so i think we're we're taping this on sunday afternoon i do think they act there's actually a big event this week the cj cup and then i think they're staying because they have the asia swing i think that's starting right uh next week on the pga tour so i think it's the cj cup then they're over there for the zozo and the uh <laughs> skins game so <laughs> they're hanging out for the zozo so i'll tell you what you, you want to do a uh a zozo uh post game show let's do it yeah <laughs> for sure dude okay great uh please go to vicegolf.com use that promo code mulligan m-u-l-l-i-g-a-n mulligan vice golf hey nick one thing about vice golf real quick oh, yeah, um please tell me my new my new my new thing is on the golf course i have the the very long very like bright neon vice tees and people ask me what these tees are and whenever i ask them I always say it's the number one tee in golf. Like whenever I hit oh a good tee God. shot. <laughs> and I think that's like, that is a, uh, a market that golf manufacturers are missing. Tees. No one has a tee sponsor. Yeah, but I don't think you benefit much from a tee sponsor. Oh, Joe, well, next, next time on At The Turn also, yeah. just to tease something that's going on. I uh, recently... I'm in the I guess I'm in the process of trying to reshaft my driver. <laughs> oh my! By yourself? Yeah. So I started regripping clubs this summer, which I thought was kind of fun. And I was like, all right, now I'm gonna like be be like a, a club maker. And uh, so I pulled the shaft out of my driver and uh, tried to put in a shaft from one of my old three woods. And stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that our uh, our good friend Brian Romy just sent you a text when he heard that. Oh, I've been texting him. I've been texting him. Oh, you him have? Every week, so. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great resource there. Yes. Yeah, okay, so. Nick, we'll do a uh, we'll do a, 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 a post-Zozo. And uh, until then, hit him straight. Watch out for those leaves. I played around yesterday. Oh, baby, we had a tough time looking for golf balls. That sucks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.